chapter 20. Verse 6, many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, God, to understand people's need for loyalty and God's need for loyalty. I ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, and the body said... Amen. You may be seated. So where I come from, I'm, I, I do this everywhere. I do it uptown. I do it everywhere. My wife knows what's coming. It's called the rebel yell. And the rebel yell that I have is, Jesus is coming! When I'm walking uptown, I will scream that at the top of my lungs. I'll only do it once. But people need to know Jesus is coming. The church needs to know that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And the work's not done. Our work as a church is not done. I believe that, that the work is going to get done, but I do not believe that it is done. And the good news is, is that the Lord Jesus himself continuing to raise up people to do the work that needs to be done before he steps back into this world and proclaims it for himself. Okay? I want to give you just a little bit of history of where I'm from. And some people say, well, he preaches with power, and you're right. It's the power of the living God. But I preach with a fervency, with a purpose. We have a very real enemy. We have a very real enemy. He does not want us to succeed. He does not want people saved. He does not like Jesus. He does not want us to win. He wants to keep people starved. He wants to keep them in bondage. He wants to keep them in suicide. He wants to keep them murdering. He wants the church to be silent. He wants them to stay inside the building, shut their mouth, raise their hands. He don't care. Just don't speak loud and don't speak outside those walls. We have an enemy, and right now we're not doing so well, and God is calling. He's bringing the church back into its strength and glory that it was always intended to be. He's making the body of Christ strong again. I sense a stirring in men of God that I haven't seen for years. Where I come from is a horrible place. It is a bad place. I don't know what the drug problem is in Ghana. But in our city, everybody is related to somebody that has either overdosed or has died from heroin. Everybody. Nobody's excluded. Suicide, where I'm at right now, is a plague, isn't it, honey? It is literally a plague. The county is involved begging for people to help them with the The little kids, 10, 12, 13 years old, killing themselves. The city, and Eddie knows this, the city just south of us, a big city just south of us, in one weekend, two weeks ago, 80-some people shot. 
They said it is safer to live, it would be safer to live in a combat zone in the height of the Afghan war than it would be to live in Chicago, Illinois. It is not a pleasant place to be and it's not a pleasant time, so all of the drug dealers are flowing into our small cities up there. And they're killing our kids. There's, it's so bad that the counties don't even know how to handle the problem and they're looking now to the church where it should, the answer should have been all along. Amen? And God is providing. God is asking us to do tremendous things. God has, God has given us tremendous opportunity. He's given you tremendous opportunity, unlimited power. In fact, the only way that we don't overcome is that we don't fight. We lose heart and don't fight. If we fight, if we stand, God will stand with us. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Loyalty. What does that mean? To It means different things to different people. I want to share with you just a little bit what it means to God because loyalty is something that if the church is going to be powerful again, and it is, they need to understand that God is looking for loyalty, not royalty. Can I say that again? God is looking for loyalty, not royalty. If you got into the ministry because you want to be somebody, if you got into the ministry because you want money, if you got into the ministry because you want prestige, you have, you have taken a position in life where you are in the way and you are taking places of people of, that can do God a tremendous service. God is not looking to give you. He's looking to get from you. And that's the blessing of God that we can sow in, that we can make a difference, that we can be co-laborers with Christ, that we can do tremendous things. But I'm just a man. And I want to tell you today that I try my best to be loyal to God. Jesus died for me. I owe him everything. When Jesus died to me and somebody preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and I understood the blood, sweat, and tears, nobody had to tell me I was going to hell, brother. I knew I was going to hell. I knew if there was really a hell and I died, they were going to open up a chute and slide me right, <laughs> right into the fire. That guy's gone. And I knew it. And somebody said, for God so loved the world, Randy, that he would take your sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west. He, he sent his son to die for you. And I said, please, God, forgive me. And I knew I was forgiven. And I knew at that day that he purchased my soul and my name was in the Lamb's book of life and I owed him everything. And anybody who knows me knows this. I'm not the smartest man. Okay? Now get that right out there. My wife was laughing at me in front of my friends today telling them that he can't sing either. My voice is so terrible that my wife literally, honest to God, before Christ, I'm worshiping the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. My wife's saying, go to the back, brother. Go to the back. She's on the worship team. It's the truth. But I gave Jesus my heart and he didn't call me to be a singer, although I love to sing. He called me to be a leader, just like he did you. 
And leaders lead. Leaders lead. First they lead, and they're the first loyalty that you have is to God through his word. The first, your first loyalty is to find out what God wants and give him what he gave you. Everything. Everything. We're not here if it isn't for Jesus. You're not here if it isn't for Jesus Christ. The one who did not deserve to die died for me so I could become uh, his co-laborer reaching a lost and dying world. I loved what Lauren said yesterday. God loves him. I won't go hoarse. That's the difference between me and you. Sister, I do this all the time. I do this for a living. God loves the world. He created them. They're his. And now he wants us to go back and get them. They're precious to him. And they're, they're, they're caught just like we were. And God is looking for people to go back into the world, but it demands loyalty. We have an enemy. And you can't do it on your own. As much as you think you can do it on your own, there are times in my life when I thought I could do it on my own. And every time I felt like I had no need from anybody, I fell flat on my face. I ran out of energy. We need encouragement, brother. We need love. We need help. We need help. But you know what we don't want to do? We want to get help, but we don't want to give help. And this is where loyalty comes in. We want the limelight. We don't want to give limelight. We want strength. We don't want to give strength. We want people to look at us. We don't, you know, and, and that is just the opposite of what it's going to take to win the world for Christ. It takes loyalty. It's going to take a change in the heart of the men of God, in the heart of the leaders. It really is. They're going to have to lay down their, learn to lay down their lives for the other leaders. They're going to have to learn to strengthen the other leaders at whatever cost it is to them. I, I, I studied a little bit about loyalty. And this is what Webster defines loyalty. He says, someone who is loyal is reliable and always true. Like your trusty dog. The dog? Come on, that, you know, the first time I read that, brother, I want you to, come on, listen up. First time I read like your trusty dog, I just thought, I got to go back and read that again because I think he just called me a dog. Ah, uh, come on. And you know what, I'm going to tell you something else. The body of Christ needs to learn to laugh just a little bit. They need to lighten up just a little bit. This is not God. I know you've heard it a hundred times, but this isn't how God is. God's saying, go get him. Go get him. Go get him. Pray to me. Pray for him. Amen. Come on. Liven up just a little bit. Like a trusty dog. You ever saw yourself like a trusty dog? I thought that was the dumbest thing I'd read in quite some time. Until the Lord brought memory to me. A very recent memory. My wife, my wife has a dog. That dog is a troublemaker. I'm serious. In fact, on her dog tag, they named her when they took her to the veterinarian. Her name is Sally. Her middle name is Shyster. You know what that means? That means mischievous. 
She is, uh, she, she is just mischievous. She is Sally Shyster. And I was, my wife, I bought her for my wife as a pup because I work a secular job at night. And I wanted a guard dog. I, I, we've had one, and, and I, you know, I, I live in a bad place. And I wanted a, a good guard dog. So I got my wife a Border Collie, one of the most loyal dogs on the planet. And just a puppy, and the dog would tear the house up. I mean, it would rip the carpet up, and part of the carpet would be in the kitchen. I would want to strangle the dog. My wife would spank the dog. It would poop on the floor, and my wife would rub its nose in it. My wife would take this, take little Sally for a walk. And all of a sudden, you know, they're just, oh, isn't she beautiful? She's black and white. She's just grand, and her dog's going for a while. All of a sudden, the dog sees a squirrel. All of a sudden, the dog takes off. Get back here! Get back here! They're walking along, and all of a sudden, the dog sees a rabbit. Get back here! Get back here! Get back here! What's the matter with you? Get back here! My wife would scold the dog. The dog picked up a new habit. Okay? The dog doesn't like reflections. She hates reflections. She can't figure out what's on the ceiling. She thinks people are walking on the ceiling when she sees their shadow on the ceiling from the lights. Oh, we're standing here and Jamie and I are talking and I'll get something out of the refrigerator and the light will come out of the refrigerator, flow, you know, cast a shadow up there. The dog, Shut up! Get in the bathroom! They take her in the bathroom. You'd think the dog would hate Jamie. So we get, we're getting, get ready and we go to bed. Jamie goes to bed and I get ready to crawl into bed and I can't. Snuggle up by my wife. Why? Because the dog, she's been whooping and, 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 and chastising and correcting is laying right on top of her. And I crawl into bed to snuggle up by my wife. You know what the dog does? She's laying on my wife. That's loyalty, man. That dog, for every, all the correction, that dog would take a bullet for my wife. And there's such love for that dog for my wife, sometimes I honestly think my wife would take a bullet for the dog. I mean it. And the Lord said, I want that kind of loyalty where I can correct and you can be like your dog. And you need to bring that into the church and love the body of Christ like that dog loves your wife and is committed. That's loyalty, son. That's why Webster said, like your dog. Her name is Sally Shyster. When they walk, Jamie corrects. When she sees things in the ceiling, she goes into the bathroom, she gets scolded. When they're out on a walk, she tries to pull my wife's arm off. The dog's whimpering and crying, and for all that stuff, she lays right down by her tonight, and she'd die for her tonight. 
That's loyalty. It's not the same as faithfulness. Now, faithfulness and loyalty are kissing cousins. You gotta, can't have one without the other. Because if you take one away, you take loyalty away from faithfulness and you got nothing. Loyalty and faithfulness. I had travailed in prayer over my city for years. Years. I even moved the church into Baraboo, didn't I, James? Didn't have to, but we did. And God provided a way to get into this hellhole. And so we moved into the city, and I, I just would pray in my room, and on my way to work, I would pray over the city of Baraboo, Wisconsin. And I never saw anything happening. You know, I heard somebody say yesterday, faith is a substance of things not seen. We talk about that, but you've got to experience it, man. And when it actually happens for you, you've got to thank God for it and remember that. And that's another testimony that you put in your pocket because without a test, there is no testimony. Amen? So the Lord, I, I, I had been praying and you know, witnessing to people and leading people to Jesus, but, but I wasn't changing the drug problem, and, and, and I couldn't get any help. And one day after a conference that I went down to Eddie, this guy started talking to me about carrying a cross. And I didn't really think too much of it, but then something resonated in my heart, and I actually called the guy. It was from Kentucky or someplace. Yeah. And I, and I talked to him, and I said, what are you doing there, da-da-da-da-da? And, and he said, you know, I'm just carrying the cross. We do it in a parade. And I, and, and I didn't think it. I hung up the phone, and within a week or two weeks, the Lord had spoken to my heart. Now, I don't hear God audibly. I know people do, but I'm not one of them. But I do know when God is speaking to me, because if I don't listen, I can sense that I'm in sin. I can sense when I'm saying no to God. Or if I'm trying to ignore God, you ever try to do it because you didn't want to do it? They say, pretend you don't hear. Come on. Well, I wasn't sure if that was God or not. He, I, I really felt like maybe somebody wanted me to go talk to that. But I wasn't sure if it was God or not. Come on. <laughs> Man, we've all done it. Come up with reasons why it might not be God. And the Lord put on my heart to build a cross... And to start taking it through the city. And so I said, okay. And so I started toting this cross through the city. And it wasn't like a little one. It wasn't a plastic one. The first one was a wood one because I wasn't very smart. And it was very, very heavy. We got smart pretty quick. I had about two weeks of that and we decided my brother-in-law actually came with me. And he's an architect and, or an engineer. And he took that cross for about five minutes and said, well, I'll be back with a new one. And he made one out of aluminum. <laughs> I'm taking this cross, and I'm walking through town, and I don't even know why I'm doing it. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I know I'm, I'm talking about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm meeting a few people. People were swearing at us. People were screaming. They were screaming satanic things. It was unbelievably horrible at first. Nobody had a good thing to say about this, the, 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 the crazy guy with the cross. But we blessed. We never returned evil for evil. When we got flipped, did you guys get the one bird 
They're the one finger salute. You guys do that here? They do it there. That means something very bad where I come from. Well, we got it all the time. And we got people honking and, uh, you know, the only, we had people jump out of the car and get in our face. And if you knew me, you would know that is a very dangerous thing to do. It is not smart to get in my face. But when you're carrying the cross, if there was ever a time to do it, that was the time. <laughs> Amen? God's around here. I ain't going to do nothing. Let's keep carrying that cross. And I'm carrying the cross, carrying the cross, carrying the cross, week after week after week after week, being loyal, loyal and faithful to what God had put in my heart, loyal to a fault. It would rain, and they would ask me, are you going on the crosswalk today? It's raining. I said, man, we're going. Soaking wet, people must have thought we was crazy. It's snowing. Where we are, it will get down to not Celsius, degrees. It will get down to as low as 20 degrees below zero. Wow. And you're walking and you're bundling up and it literally hurts to breathe. And a snowstorm here and the snow and it's blinding and they say, are you going on the crosswalk today? Yeah. I told God I would. So off we go. And I didn't even know why I was doing it. And one day... I asked the Lord through another person, I'm like, God, why am I doing this? Because somebody asked me why they were doing this, and God gave me a revelation immediately. And I was walking around the city, which was miles. It was a five-mile walk did it every week. This big cross. And a guy asked me, he said, why are you doing this? And I just looked at him, and this revelation, this light went on. And I said, you know something, Robert? I don't know what they were thinking about before they saw us carrying this cross. But I know what they're thinking about now. Maybe for the first time in a long time, they're thinking about Jesus and the price that was paid. Maybe they're remembering what they were taught in Sunday school when they were a little kid. Maybe they're remembering. And all of a sudden, it started to make sense to me that God was looking for some people to lift up Jesus so he could draw men unto himself. But more than that, the temperature in the city began to change. Pretty soon, people stopped and gave us money. God is my witness. They began to stop us on the walk, pull off the highway and give us money. Say, I wish I could do that, but I can't. Here's some money. They would stop us and, and, and they would just say all kinds of great things. Nobody harasses us anymore because our city got so bad that the city is starting to believe everything they tried, they're losing kids every single week. Wow. Our sons and daughters are dying. And what we're doing is not working. And I am, my wife is sitting right here. I am not exaggerating. And we had to change the temperature in the city, but I couldn't hear God tell me that because if God would have told me you're going to have to carry that cross three or four years before anything happens, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. I had a hard time doing it then except every week after a few weeks because the first few times I did it myself because it was my revelation. Every time after that, 
a guy came up beside me called Robert, and he said, I want to go with you. And every time I felt like quitting, felt like stopping, Robert would say, give me the cross. Come, let, I'll come with you, I'll do it. And the cross, because of somebody who was loyal, beyond loyal, when it was raining and snowing, the cross kept going. And God kept speaking. And then one day, I was preaching in the church and I said, you know, it's in my heart to preach a message, to preach Jesus on the, on the city square. Nobody does that. Nobody. The county won't let you do it. And I, we began to pray. We began to seek God's face because I believe with all of my heart, if Jesus doesn't, the drugs are just like every other problem. They're a heart problem. It's just like adultery. It's just like murder. It's just like lying. They're heart problems. And there I was talking about going up on the square and having, doing a service, and the Lord put in my heart. What you need to do is start to go rock right down in the center of that madness and begin to pray. And you turn to the four corners of the earth and you prophesy and you tell them, loose the sons of God and let them go. Well, you didn't do that. Oh, yeah. It's not by my might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of the living God that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I have no power against the devil, but the Spirit in me has no fear of him at all. So I go up and pray on the square. Robert starts coming with me after a couple weeks. I always do, because remember what I told you guys, leaders lead. I didn't ask anybody to go with me first. I, led by, I went by myself first. And then when somebody asked what I was doing, I shared the vision. I didn't say, hey, Eddie, I, I, would you come up and pray with me? Because I was scared. I didn't even ask my wife. I'm going to go do this myself first. You know, there's a thing, guys, and you remember this. It's loyalty and integrity. Men will follow that. They will follow courage. You will inspire men if you do something dangerous, something they don't have the courage to do. And because you show them courage, because you go to the well that they, don't, they haven't had the courage to go to yet, because you do, they'll begin to drink from the same well and walk with the same power and speak with the same enthusiasm. And we went up on the square and, and walk right up the steps like this. Get up there and, and stretch which way is north. Come on, somebody here, tell me which way north is. I got guys going. Now speak to the north in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Loose the sons of God. I speak to that spirit of adultery in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Loose the sons of God. I speak to the spirit of fear. Loose the sons of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for the churches in the north. I pray for the assembly of God. I pray for Walnut Hill. I pray, God, for Dave Gonzalez's church. God, bind them together. Show us a way to get together. And nothing big happens. 
So I'm thinking. I go up there the next week and the week after, and it starts to rain. Are we going up to pray? They're hoping that the rain changes my mind. But I learned from following walking the cross, God's not deterred by weather. People are. Your flesh is. We don't, when we have snow, we don't, we, we don't, we don't stop church. You get two feet of snow, and I'm going to tell you something. If you can walk to church, somebody will be there. Period. Period. Those doors will be open. We are loyal to those people. We are loyal to God. They will be open. So we're praying on the square, and we're getting wet, and people may be laughing, and people are pointing. Look at that nut up there on the square. And we did it in the rain. We've done it in the snow. And every Saturday at 4 o'clock, the prayers go up. God, give us, Lord, those people, Lord. Give us the drug addicts. Give us the hurt. Give us those who have no hope. Send us to them. All of a sudden, guys start walking by. These people will be standing on the next block over just looking. But they watched for a year, Eddie, for a year, didn't they, Jamie? They would stand outside the stores and watch for a year. Pretty soon you start watching. We're praying. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just want to want you, God, to, to, to just speak to the marriages in the north, God, in the name of the living God. We, Lord, we know that marriage covenant is yours and it breaks our heart father that the children are without their parents and the parents are without their children god and they're just they're they're at a loss and they're killing themselves god remind them of the covenant they made remind them of their first love and all of a sudden you see people coming up behind you amen brother because in their heart they want help and what they're doing ain't working but they're looking for something that's real. They're looking for something that's loyal. They're looking for somebody who's going to be there in the worst of times. They're looking for somebody who will get up when they can't. They're looking for people to believe in. And that's what a leader is. That's what we are. Amen? Oh, come on. That's what we are. Amen? Follow me as I follow Christ. I'll take you to war. But we're going. when I found out we were going to go outside... And preach, I about jumped out of my skin. I almost ran on the plane before, you know, I, just, I was beside myself, I was just excited. I was telling everybody, my God, we're going to go outside and preach. We're going to open air and preach, and we're going to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope against hope. You know, if we don't bring people to Jesus Christ, when you come out of the womb, and this, the church doesn't want to talk about hell, i got a little time yet. Church never wants to talk about hell, but most everybody you know is on their way there. Most everybody you know is on their way there. Do you love them? How much? How much? How much? How much? That's a question. Now you remember back there while I was praying about the drugs and all of this stuff, and we have people dying all the time. And the county, they don't like, they didn't like us, they didn't want nothing to do with us. But for years we've stayed loyal and true to what God had told us to do. 
and a dream came true for me about three weeks ago. They had a, they had a, a guy call me up, that, and, there was a, and, and, and I kept telling him I wanted to preach on the square. Finally, finally, our permits came in. We got to preach at the county seat, at the square in Baraboo. I got to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was amazing. Well, it didn't look like it was amazing to me. It was amazing to me. Because for the first time, and as long as I can remember, I don't ever remember anyone preaching on the square. Did they? Ever. They have rock bands there. They have fairs there. They have carnivals there. But they won't let you have Jesus there. And we went up and preached the gospel. We just had a heck of a time. And I was like, woo! See, I didn't lose my voice. So here we are. Our kids are dying. And I had been faithful and loyal and continued to pray on the square. We continued to carry the cross. And three weeks ago, after three years of nothing, we got a call from the government. They called up. The, the late, we, we, we have this drug and alcohol program at our church. And we deal a lot with heroin, a lot with alcohol, and we, and we do it all in the name of Jesus. The county has their program. And it folded because they had no success. They had nowhere to turn. Not all kinds of money. But there was this guy this church where the crazy pastor carried a cross and he never quit. And he prayed on a square for the county, prayed for the county workers, prayed for the police all the time, out loud. He said, God bless them. God help them. Pretty hard to try to kick us off when we're doing that. Amen? I got a call and I hadn't cried in quite some time, probably days, I would imagine, wouldn't you, James? Months I hadn't cried, weeks, days. County got a wind of what we were doing. We had two teams were setting up. One was for the parents and family of those who commit suicide, the survivors. And we have a wonderful program. And the other one was to get actively involved with the people who the devil is helping them to put poison in their veins on a daily basis. And nothing happened for years. And then all of a sudden, three weeks ago, before I left, before I left to come here, all of a sudden, I get a phone call or a text, and I don't remember what it was, and, Pastor, Pastor, you're not going to believe this! I said, what? She said, we went to the county meeting like they asked us to. They want to give us our own building. 
They want to give us our own building where we can have events, where we can have a drug-free place where we can entertain without any alcohol, any drugs, and people can come in and have fellowship and have a good time. And, and it's just unbelievable. And I'm like, wow! 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 Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Lord! I'm thinking, how are we going to get this off the ground? Oh, she said, stop! She didn't say stop. She said, oh, also, they want to give you $5,000 to get this thing off the ground, cash money, and that's a fact. And we let them know right up front, this is about Jesus Christ. This is a faith-based recovery. See, they're just looking for somebody to believe in. They need to believe in you. They need to believe in me. They need that we believe that we're going to be there in good times and bad. They're looking for loyalty. To love these people to a fault. To love the unlovely. To care for the people that you can't care about. To give them everything that Jesus gave you. Your very life. You're loyal to them. You know, I can't wait for the day. And I mean this, brother. More than you'll ever know. My wife knows this is true. I can't wait till the day that you call me up and say, Randy, I need you to do this. And watch me drop everything everything, Eddie, and say, I'm here for you. Go, how many times have I told you, go do everything in your heart. I'm behind you. I don't need the limelight. I need Jesus to win. I need Jesus to win. I need Jesus to win. I'm a leader. But before I could be a leader, I had to learn how to follow. A loyal follower. You look at your leader, is he worth living for and dying for? It's probably not his problem, it's probably yours. It's the truth. You want to be strong when the church will be strong again. Really strong again. When they learn loyalty. When they learn how to become like a dog. No matter what happens. Uh, uh, don't touch him. Uh, leave him alone. Uh, I ain't getting close to that. Because that loyal dog chew me up. And Jamie just sleeping. <laughs> Says, I'm laying over there. You know why Elijah got a double anointing? Because he was loyal to Elijah. Can I say that again? You know why Elisha got a, a double anointing? Because he was loyal to Elijah. And God said, there's a guy I can trust. If he's loyal to him, he'll be loyal to me. If he's loyal to somebody who maybe doesn't deserve that kind of loyalty, he'll be loyal to me. And I'm going to give him everything he needs to succeed. I'm going to give him a vision, and I'm going to give him what he needs because he proved his loyalty. You know why you hear about all of the disciples? Because they were loyal to Jesus to death. That's why he picked them. Because they were loyal followers. And he said everything. Listen to what he said. You know, when Jesus Christ came down to earth, Jesus did not have to obey the Father. He did not have to obey the Father. He chose to obey the Father. In fact, when Jesus Christ 
was just about to die for your sins and for mine and for giving us the Holy Ghost, this is what he said. He's up on the Mount of Olives. He knows he's going to die the next day. He's on his hands and knees and he's crying. Drops of tears. He says, Father, please, please, please let this cup pass from me. Nonetheless, not my will be done, Father, but yours. That's loyalty. And that's why when Jesus Christ came back, because of that loyalty, he came back and he said to his disciples, All authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me. Why? Because he was loyal even to the point of death. You know what he said to his disciples? All authority has been given unto me. Now you go. Because he gave it to them. Because they were loyal to the point of death. They learned loyalty. Oh, that the church, church, we need to pray. God, change our hearts. We don't just need to be faithful. We need to be loyal. We need to become like that dog. Don't touch. He's off limits. She's off limits. I am for her just like God is for me. I am for her like the horns of the wild ox. And you do whatever is in your heart because I'm with you. And I have said that to multiple men. You do what's ever in your heart. I am with you. I will, I will, will bear your standard. If something, you've got something great in Jesus Christ in your heart to do, brother, go do it. I'm behind you. It's your glory today. Maybe mine will come, but it's your vision. And God wants that to come true. And I want to see it come true. People will be restored. The Father will be glorified. Go. I'll help you. I'm here for you. When the church gets like that, it can't be defeated. The devil will be afraid of the church again. And I believe that's happening. I believe today, you know what? God is challenging men and women to become loyal. Isn't it ironic that, that Paul, the Apostle Paul said this in Corinthians? I always quoted this wrong until I read this scripture this time. You're in my heart to live together and to die together. It sound, makes sense, doesn't it? It's not what he said. He said, you're in my heart to die together and to live together. And if you can die together, then you can really live together. If you have that in your heart to die for somebody, you can live and nothing, nothing can stand against you. Nothing can stand against you. Nothing can stand against you. Would you stand with me today? I'm just an old redneck preacher from up north. But I would never lie to you or anybody else. When the church learns loyalty, and they can be sent in integrity, they will run the devil right out of the territory. He will see them and tremble. Right now he sees the church and laughs. He don't care that we get together come in here and get together, what really scares them is when a man of God gets a vision and goes out. Yeah. That scares them. That's, and you're great men and women of God. 
You don't even know how great you are. I don't know how great I am. You don't even know how great you are, Eddie. My God, you don't know how great you are. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard of the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. And if you love Him, you're going to be loyal. And if you're loyal, He's going to give you. But He will not give to those He cannot trust. We're going to win in Baraboo and the whole world is going to hear about it. And the, and the dam broke and the water's coming down. Dam broke and the water's coming down. The dam broke and the water's coming down. And I want you to know that I know, I sense in the spirit, the devil trembling because he sees men loving other men and saying, brother, go, go, I'm behind you, I'm behind you. You go, if that's what you want to do, understand that I'm for you. Go, I won't leave you, I'll follow you the whole way. And if we perish on the way, we'll have won because we didn't quit. So can I do this? Can I pray with you? Loyalty. I never thought I'd get to talk about Sally in Africa, my little shyster. But she taught an old man a lesson. She brought the word of God to me. That's something that I already knew, but he brought it home. He said, be like Sally. Love to the end. Take a bullet for him. And if you love him that way, They'll love you in return, and they'll do the same for you. Amen? Amen? Father, we come before you today. And I pray, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, that loyalty would flow in the church again. Integrity would flow in the church again. Love would flow in the church, God. I pray, God, that we would get back in our hearts to die together so we can live together. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, over a cross. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, people we would all understand in our guts, Lord. If it doesn't happen today, it'll happen tomorrow. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, it'll happen the next day. If it doesn't happen the next day, it'll happen the next day. But I'm not going to quit until it does happen. God, help us, help us, help us, God. And Lord, teach us to love. Teach us, God, to be loyal to one another. Teach us to really, in our hearts, to consider other people's needs as more important than our own. God, I pray, God, when somebody has a vision to do something great, give us a heart that says, I want to get behind it, not take it, God. In Jesus' name, Father, Lord, help us again to be Joshua's God, that help fight battles, God, that are seem insurmountable, God. Not for himself, God, but he did it for Moses and what you told Moses to do, God. Father, I pray that you'd give us that heart again. In Jesus' name. 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 Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done. And we'll thank you, God, and we'll give you every ounce of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for us, Lord. We will live for you, God, in Jesus' name. The body said, Amen. Amen. I really meant what I said. I want you to know that. I'm waiting for the day that you call me and say, Randy, I really need you. You good? All right. All right. God bless you. That's you.